Listener Production. Before we start, a warning. What you're about to hear involves sexual abuse against children. Listener discretion is advised. Some details have been changed to protect the identities of victim survivors. Police have also obscured some methodologies used to catch child abuse perpetrators so as to not compromise ongoing investigations. It's June 2014. The Argos investigation team are now secretly in charge of the internet's most notorious child exploitation site. And victim ID lead Paul Griffiths and the Argos team quickly realise being Ski the boss isn't easy. All of a sudden you become the head administrator of the site. And I've got to be honest, in the first days, it was a much more labour-intensive activity with, with no real product from it. You know, we were effectively just doing his job. There's a constant stream of housekeeping just to keep the site operational. Impersonating Ski has become a 24-7 job, and it's mostly fallen to Argos's resident tech head, Libor Yock, to convincingly pull off the ruse. But Paul reckons if anyone's up to the challenge, it's Libor. He's a fabulous investigator, Libor, because um, he's not a typical cop, I don't think. He can talk to people on all levels. Uh, He can upset people on all levels, but (laughs) equally he can get on with people on all levels. Libor might be able to talk to anyone, but right now he's meant to be talking like Ski, and that's a problem. Libor goes to see the real-life Ski, Shannon McCool, in prison. He wants to study who he is, how he talks, what makes him tick. And after a few sessions, McCool finally opens up to him. He spells out what Argos is up against. He told us, like, look, I'm, like, indispensable. Without me, everything stops. I'm online every day. If I'm not at work, I'm online. Everybody talks to me. And we, at the time, we had nothing. Nothing. As in Argos don't have access to many records of ski chatting online. There's only a few fragments of chat logs they can find to get a sense of how and what he would normally talk about. But as Libor gets to know McCool better, he starts to see some traits he can use to his advantage. It's effective, but disturbing. I wouldn't say he was a nerd, but he had the nerdish uh, twist in him. So a lot of the stuff we actually were interested in as well. So it was easy to start talking and then I think over time we just transposed a bit of our personalities and shifted from what he was and the people on the other side they just sort of accepted it as as an evolution in the communication but yeah like when they sort of wanted to shift to child abuse those were the difficult conversation I would say Through revelations with members online and McCool's interviews offline Libor is starting to understand how Ski ran the love zone and controlled other members. One of the most powerful thing was the actual power Ski possessed as the administrator. So you would just go as the authority to them and they would feel comfortable. They would say, well, it's in a way a legend. It's this guy who is running the show, so I shouldn't be afraid of telling him stuff no one else should know. The way McCool tells it, 
He never had the technical know-how to set up and run the site. It was his perpetrator mates who showed him the ropes and how to get on the darknet. And then after he stuck around long enough to gain their trust, they made him one of the administrators of the love zone. And then all the guys got arrested. So he pretty much floated to the top and was the one to take it over. And obviously uh, he used IO to do the technical part because he wasn't really that gifted. He was more organizing and he had a view on how it should run. Did you catch that? IO is short for I'm Only Human. Remember him? Ski was using IO to run the technical part of the love zone. McCool has now confirmed to police... Where's the server? Who's looking after the server? IO was hosting the entire site on his own servers. IO this. IO looks after the server. Argos has the key to the front door. But Io owns the house. If Argos want to bring down the love zone for good, they need to find him. I'm Akim Dev. This is The Children in the Pictures. Episode 5, The Job of Being Evil. It's clear now that Io has to be identified and neutralised. Libor, as Ski, talks to Io around the clock. After all, they have a website to run together. A lot of their communications were just about what to do here, what to do there, what fires need to be put down to keep running, uh, what were the issues, and then just the general... You know, like, uh, what's on TV, what's going on, or or let's say with uh, Io talking about his girlfriend. Libor and Io's conversations cover a lot of ground. Everything from gaming to Game of Thrones, and how to evade police on the darknet. Offline, international police forces are closing in on Io's real-life location and sharing clues with Argos. Then Shannon McCool let something slip in the series of interrogations with his arresting um, officer. At one point, the board <clears throat> um, was deleted, and um, which is about the time that I met Io, Io H. Mm-hmm. Um, he helped me rebuild it. Where's Io from? Um, he was always he always said Denmark or the Netherlands. I I believe it was Netherlands. So now they know for sure Io's in the Netherlands and he's hosting the site. Argos passes on the information to trusted colleagues in the Dutch police and the FBI who are already hot on his trail. Just as Argos's covert investigation seems to be going pretty well, the rug is pulled out from underneath their feet. South Australian police and government officials decide to go public with the arrest. I will brief you about an alleged offender who appeared before the Adelaide Magistrates Court on the 10th of June this year, and he remains in custody today. This offender was employed within Families SA in a role caring for young children at the time of this offending. They don't say Shannon McCall's name, but they do share a few details. Specialist sex crime investigators 
have been working closely with our computer specialists in an attempt to identify the young victims. This analysis has been tireless and has involved the examination of over 100,000 steel photographs and 600 video files containing child exploitation material. Because McCall was a South Australian government employee, his arrest shows up a catastrophic failure of the system to protect kids. He'd been cleared to work with the most vulnerable children. And once the news of McCall's crimes begins to circulate through state government networks, the political heat rises to boiling point. It's big news in Adelaide. Politicians on all sides are asking questions. Among the many questions being asked, one sounds loudest. The first thing I asked myself was how, with all of these things in place, could someone get through all of those checks? Argos was hoping Shannon McCall's arrest would be kept completely under wraps. From their viewpoint, it's a disaster. It could jeopardise their chance of finding children being abused all over the world. There's a chance Savvy TLZ members might work out the network's been compromised. Here's my producer, Simon Nasht. So how much trouble did that cause you? Oh, massive amount of trouble. Suspicion is spreading like wildfire through the love zone. Could this South Australian be ski? I've seen the communication logs among senior members of the site in the months after Ski is arrested, and his account is bombarded with questions. I know you are not Ski. What happened with Ski? Who are you? Libor and the team have to come up with answers. Fast. I came on to see if it was you. Argos, as Ski, is keeping up appearances. Looks like you're not the only one. I'm popular tonight. Good to see that wasn't you on the news tonight I heard about. LOL. Or was it? Winking face emoji. So now Libor and the team have to throw off the scent. The members have to be convinced that the South Australian arrested isn't him. That Ski is still a perpetrator, not an undercover police officer. The Argos team, typing as Ski, play it cool. Yeah, seeing it, it's unbelievable what people are doing. Like, he's just so careless with his security, like... How could he and put few elements of the story and turn it like this guy is just complete nuts. I'm telling everyone to stay safe, use encryption. You know, luckily I have all my stuff encrypted. So even if they came through, they wouldn't get anything and all this. And that convinced that, oh, Ski has been on board for so long. He is still chatting. Nobody actually mentioned anything dodgy. And he's across the security, so surely they wouldn't get him, so... But it could have brought down the whole investigation. Yeah, yeah. With a crisis narrowly averted, Libor and the team move quickly. Argos are now circling a suspect they believe is almost certainly Io, the tech head of the love zone. Io has a full copy of everything on the network. Its operating system security protocols, links to all the data and the entire history of the love zone. Libor's been impersonating Ski for months and it's all led to this moment. 
Argos have been working with the Dutch National Police and the FBI, who have located Io offline. They have his address in the Netherlands. Libor is online, lying in wait for Io to appear on the TLZ site. He's got two tasks. We had to be online with him and get a backup. That was like priority number one. The second one was keep him occupied for them to go through the doors and grab him by the shoulder while he's sitting there and everything is open. The plan is, as soon as Libor's finished getting the backup online, a Dutch SWAT team will descend on Io offline. It's late night in Brisbane and the Argos office is crammed. They're waiting for news from the Netherlands. Nobody wants to miss this one. Time zones are a bitch, we know that, you know. Um, They had a plan in place and it's their arrest, it's their plan. And their plan means basically that it's going to be, you know, midnight our time when they're kicking doors in or, in fact, not kicking doors in as the case may be. And then uh, I've uh, got a message and a call from uh, the Dutch and they said, oh yeah, like they had like a SWAT team ready. They had surveillance on him, they had technicians, they had everyone ready. Police on two continents are now waiting in suspense for Io to log in. So everyone was standing there watching what's going to happen and then as time progressed, so it was like, oh, now he's going for a visit for dinner to his mum. So it's not going to happen tonight. And one after another, they were disappearing and I think one or two o'clock, I was just sitting there by myself. Then suddenly, there he is. Io's back online. Libor starts chatting with him as Ski. How are you? Good. Need sleep. Me too, but can't. Why can't? Eh, got this nasty cough. I had to explain myself, like, being online at four in the morning, three or four, so I was saying I, I can't stop. I had a... I don't know if it was flu, but I was coughing like crazy. And I said, yeah, I'm just coughing so much I can't go to sleep, so I'm just killing time online, what else I can do? It's Libor's job to oh so carefully try and trick Io into sending him a backup of the entire TLZ server. As Libor sees it, he's gotten pretty good at the softly, softly banter. Usually with Io, we would never talk about the exploitation or that part. It would be a lot about technical side, what he's doing. He would try to teach me things... We were talking about movies like Game of Thrones and books and stuff like that. He was quite a knowledgeable guy for what he was. And then we would talk, 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 and then I just like, yep, can I get a backup? Just sort of dropped it in. Um, and he was like, yep. Io sends it. Libor's watching the clock as the backup slowly downloads. He's then sending it on to the Dutch police, bit by bit. So it was taking a while, so I was sending percentages to Dutch because the agreement was they get ready and then when I say done, they will go in because that's the best time, like he's still online and all that. He's not just going somewhere. Only trouble is, the download is taking way too long. Argos is relying on Australia's then embarrassingly slow internet. 
finally, it's nearly done. Libor reaches out to the Dutch police. So, yep, and I said, 5%, it's gonna take this much, so you should go in. And nothing. It finished, and I said, are you in? Nothing. So I was still talking to him, everything was going on. Libor's keeping up appearances with Io, chatting to him from the Argos office in Brisbane. But on the other side of the world, the Dutch SWAT team have already sprung into action. They snuck into the house, they didn't kick doors in or anything like that. They went in, quiet entry, uh, crept up the stairs and they were halfway up the stairs when he was leaving to make a cup of tea or something and they actually intercepted him even outside the room, so he was nowhere near the computer at the time. From the Argos office in Brisbane, Paul hears it's a slick execution. Meanwhile... Libor still logged on as ski. Question mark. Hey, are you there? I guess busy. Did you get a description of what it was like? Early 60s. Obviously a bit of a computer nerd. Spent 90% of his time on the computer tucked up. But the computer was actually tucked away in the lounge room of the house. I don't think it was like hidden out of sight or anything. I think he was actually... And he, he lived with a, you know, he was married. So it wasn't that he was uh, completely secretive of what was going on. So um, it was a strange scenario, I think. Ayo's arrest is a textbook example of global police cooperation leading the fight against this borderless crime. But for the undercover cops, there's no opportunity to celebrate. The strains of inhabiting this world are beginning to show. And Libor is finding that months of pretending to build relationships with abusers is starting to blur the boundaries. I've realised after time the hardest part was, and it might sound like from movies or something like a cliche, but just getting too deep. Getting in just, because at the end, I found out that I have more in common with Io than I had with my some of my work colleagues. And I was like, no, you, that's just unbelievable. Like, how can you bond more with somebody you are trying to arrest or you, are, you know is a pedophile? Like, Did you say um, he became your friend? Yeah, yeah. And it is really hard uh, if it's a long, like especially with him, because it was over quite a long period of time, you can social engineer the person for that long, only for that long. You can't be just pretending for six months, at least in my case. Like at some point you have to start really putting your real person in, otherwise it's just not going to go anywhere. Back in Adelaide, the captured Love Zone boss Shannon McCool, aka Ski, is still in custody. But McCool isn't spending any time taking responsibility for his crimes, nor thinking about the damage the Love Zone has done to potentially thousands of child victim survivors. He seems oblivious to the chaos and pain he's created, and instead wallows in self-pity. I'd isolated myself a lot. Um, you know, I mean, this caused a lot of problems in my life, and I, you know, I didn't think I had anything else. 
Like just, you know, I, I don't know where you'd go to get help. I don't, you know, and especially once I've committed an offence, there's always the fear of, like, I can't. Yeah. As horrible as it is to say for my own life, the best thing that's happened is been arrested. Because it's all done and it's, you know, like, it's horrible, but I don't, I'm not involved in it anymore and I can get help. In the meantime, McCall's arresting officer, Detective Steve Hegarty, is still methodically working through his catalogue of child exploitation material under the guidance of victim ID lead, Paul Griffiths. Hegarty recognises a shocking detail in the photos, confirming the location where McCall abused his victims. It was a home where um, children who had been placed into care of the state reside and we'd arrange for all the children to be out. McCall was abusing children in his care, at his work, on government property. It's information that would lead to massive community outrage. Steve goes to the children's home to confirm what's in the photos. And it's there that the enormity of what Steve's seen happening to the children in the pictures finally sinks in. It was just one of those moments in the whole in the whole McCall investigation where it probably, I don't know if it hit me then and then hit me afterwards as well because I think walking into the actual room where he, I'd seen these things take place and at the time, you know, you're very on point and taking photographs and matching up with what I've got and what I've seen, just from a statement. But I think that was during the whole investigation that, you know, I got home and I was pretty upset. Probably the only time I cried during the whole matter where it just really hit home. McCool preyed on victims who had already been through so much. Children who had been removed from their parents and guardians. Kids who were neglected or had disabilities. They'd been taken into state care for their own safety. They needed care. And the state unknowingly delivered them into the hands of a monster. Steve Hegarty has the distressing job of telling parents and carers the truth of what's happened. I actually wanted to do it because as the investigator, I wanted them to meet me. I wanted to tell them. I still felt it was a personal thing for me to have to do, to tell them so they had me as a point of contact. But yeah, it's nothing short of just almost like giving someone a death message. What were their reactions? Varied. Um, some broke down, obviously. I think everyone broke down to a varying degree. But one of the stranger aspects of it for me um, was that some of them showed such phenomenal strength as well. Like, um, there's one family in particular who, you know, the, what I'd told them and discussed the facts with them, the strength they showed at that time uh, over the coming weeks and then over the next year, year and a half, right through the court process, was um, actually gave me strength. I never told them that, but they just gave me strength to deal with the case and deal with it well and make sure I gave it my best because they were incredible. It's pretty remarkable to hear about the families that pushed through this process with such strength. But for the children themselves, it's really only the start of a long journey in dealing with what's happened to them. 
For years, I've been following investigators and experts who are laser-focused on solving and explaining these crimes. But I've realised I'm missing a crucial part of the picture. What happens to these victim survivors when the perpetrators are caught out by law enforcement? I'm at a conference about children in the internet, hosted by Task Force Argos, when I meet somebody who has dedicated her career to helping children traumatised by sexual and physical abuse. So we meet them and we try to treat them in different ways uh, about their trauma. And often when they come for the first time, they are quite reluctant to talk, especially the smaller ones. Uh, They might be afraid. I sit down with Dr. Asa Kastbom, a Swedish psychiatrist who has travelled all the way to Queensland to the conference to share her expertise. She tells me about the trauma unit where she works, just outside of Stockholm. We have kids from about two years of age up till 18 and we try to help them back to a good life, a normal life. Dr. Kasporn has spent 15 years refining the most effective therapeutic techniques to help traumatise children in her country and beyond. So we have to work a lot to get to know them and to make them feel comfortable to talk about what they have been through. They have a story to tell. They have been victims. But stories can be told in different ways, Dr. Kasporn has found. In a therapy room... There's a large sandbox filled with animal toys, some predators, some more vulnerable creatures. We try to see how they play, what kind of things they choose to play with. And after a while, when they are comfortable being there, they actually show us their trauma in the sandbox. They pick a small, cute animal to be themselves like a little kitten or a little bear, ice bear or or something, and that's themselves. And then they often pick a more aggressive animal, like a shark or a a lion or a a tiger, a crocodile, to be the perpetrator. And then they they play the trauma. They play the, the things that they have been through. It's a start to feel comfortable enough to tell your own story to process what you've been through. It gives children the tools to recognise just how strong they are for making it to the other side. And many of the kids, part of their childhood has been horrific and bad, but they also have had nice parts in their childhood. So we also try to emphasise on the nice things so that they can feel, I had bad luck, I had some things that were really bad for me and someone did wrong. But I also had these good memories from my childhood. So that's a way of working with the trauma and working with the childhood so they move on into adulthood with a little bit more strength. It won't fix the fact that these kids have experienced harm that will always be with them. But Dr. Kasporn says working with children and being rescued from these situations is an honour. And for them to make it to her in the first place... Teams like Argos, they need to be running at full speed. In the next episode of The Children in the Pictures, the undercover operation inside the love zone is exposed. I hate to be paranoid, but there is something amiss here. Like, I don't know how he worked it out. Then he started me asking me all these questions which I had no answers. And he's like, who are you? And as Argos scrambled to keep their investigation together, A predator with hundreds of victims 
is still at the top of their list. It's a race to find some of the most vulnerable children in the world. That's the beauty of poverty and corruption. If some bastard little kid is being sexually exploited, nobody gives a damn. If you could describe in three words, what would they be? God, obnoxious, evil, manipulator. This podcast is dedicated to all victims and survivors of sexual crimes against children and those that stand against the sexual exploitation of children. If you know a child in immediate danger, please contact police. Call triple zero. For non-urgent police assistance, contact 131 4. If you need immediate support, contact the Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. For more information and help, go to childreninthepictures.org or head over to the ACE site, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation, acce.gov.au. This podcast is a listener production made by the Factual Original Podcast team. Head of Factual and Drama for Listener Original Podcasts is Jennifer Goggin. Co-produced in collaboration with DNX Media. Produced and reported by me, Akim Dev, and Simon Nasht. Sound design, composition, and audio production by Darcy Thompson. Production assistance and theme composition by Matthew Dwyer. Additional audio production by Michael Letho. Our series producer is Romy Scher. Fact check by Bonnie Lavelle. Factual original podcast executive producers are Belinda Lopez and Emma Lancaster. Queensland Police were consulted for this production. Thanks to Argos and the other global child protection agencies who shared their stories with us. Special thanks to Dr. Asa Kasbaum and Dr. Jacqueline Goldstein for their guidance and expertise. And if you're concerned about your own thoughts and feelings or behaviours towards children, there is support. Stop It Now is an anonymous Australian helpline that aims to support adults who have sexual thoughts about children to prevent offending. The helpline is also for parents, professionals, family and community members who come across child sexual abuse. If you're worried about an adult or young person's sexual behaviour offline or online, you can call the anonymous helpline on 1-800-01-1800 or use a live chat or secure messaging service. To find out more, head to stopitnow.org.au.